Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Every day, thousands of people in the St. Louis region depend on Metro Transit's 83 Metro bus routes and 46 miles of Metrolink tracks to get where they need to go. But on Monday, many of those transit users were left waiting at their usual stops for many minutes, some even for hours, as buses simply did not arrive. Even Metrolink cut service to one of its rail lines. The transit agency cited a driver shortage as the cause. Its statement read in part, due to an unusually high number of Metro bus operators already calling off work and declining to work extra assignments, we anticipate that we will not be in a position to deliver the normally high quality service the region has come to expect every day. Did you experience Monday's bus woes? What's your overall opinion of public transit here? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. One of those affected riders was Patia Topping. She's a South St. Louis resident who works at Washington University's Olin Library. She often opens up the building in the morning, but on Monday, her bus didn't come. Patia is joining us by phone today. Patia, um, what happened on Monday? On Monday, I was at my usual stop. Um, the Macklin and Chippewa and two buses in a row did not show up. So I decided to walk down to Hampton, which... It's not an easy trek because I'm I walk with a cane. I'm I've had some problems with my legs, and I missed the Hampton bus. Oh no! <laughs> I called my boss and I was like, I'm not going to make it in time to open the building. And he was nice enough to come get me and give me a ride in. Wow, that's a good boss. Yes, <laughs> it was a very nice thing for him. How, how late did you end up being to work? Uh, well, he ran on in ahead of me, so he got in there, but I I was about five minutes behind him. Okay. As I said, I don't walk fast. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, how were you, did he have to give you a ride home? What happened there? Um, no, no, he didn't give me a ride home. Um, I optimistically went out to my regular stop, and there was a bunch of us out there. There was a lot of students because it's orientation week, and there were a lot of staff members I ride buses with. And I'm in the evening, I'm a little different. In the morning, it's three buses in. In the evening, it's Two, tra- two buses and a train. Oh, wow. You've got a number of transfers in each each route to work. Yeah, it's interesting. I um, catch a bus from the campus to the Skinker Metrolink, take that down to Shrewsbury, and then catch the Chippewa. Because if I don't catch it there, I won't get a seat. Hmm. <laughs> but nothing showed up. It was way past the time anything should have come, and I could have caught either the number one or the number two, you know, the Central West End or the Rock Road. And finally, the Forsyth pulled in. I'm like, okay, that will turn into the Central West End eventually after it makes its run through Clayton. So I was like, I'm getting on. I am going to sit in the air conditioning because it was hot. Yes, it was a very hot day. So you got on the bus. I got on. We did the circuit. I came back and all the same people were still there. Oh, no. Nothing had shown up. So were you able to then eventually get home? I mean, how long of an evening commute are we talking? Well, I was an hour late getting home because I missed my Chippewa bus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I well, had to wait for the next one of that, and that was a couple of minutes late, but it did show up. So Okay, so eventually you did make it home, but it sounds like a very frustrating day. When you heard Metro was blaming a driver shortage, how did that make you feel? Um, I'm so conflicted about that because I know a lot of the drivers. I've been riding buses for 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I see what 
they go through every day. You know, most of them are, are wonderful people. They take a lot of grief from people. They get angry with them for things that aren't their fault. Um, but for everybody to start calling in on one day was very frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I want to get mad at them, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe it's the admin's fault or the union's fault. It's yeah. tough to decide. Yeah, I think we can all appreciate those mixed feelings. Uh, Patia Topping, thank you so much for your call. Sure. Patia's experience was unfortunately not an isolated one. Chris, who does have a car, wrote on Facebook that he ended up giving a number of rides to transit riders. He says, I gave one person a ride from Soulard down Gravoy. I waited for another friend for a meeting, and his bus was delayed an hour. While waiting at his house and picking up garbage along Cherokee to keep busy. This, this guy's a real do-gooder here. <laughs> I'm impressed. I spoke to a nurse who had been waiting for the bus, but none had come by. She gave up and walked down to Jefferson, hoping one of the main routes was running. To get to the bottom of what's been happening on this critical issue, we're joined in studio today by Katina Wilson, the vice president of Amalgamated Transit Union Local 788. Katina, hi, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, how are you? And we're also joined by St. Louis Public Radio digital reporter Kay Petrin. Kay Petrin, is what Patia describes here unusual? Unusual in the sense that I don't think we have, we hear very often about this level of Of chaos. uh, uh, Yeah, that, that it's happened a few times this summer. So it's not the first time, it's not unheard of, but it's not something that's happening every day. And earlier this summer, uh, Metro also tried to blame this on the union. So the bigger question is for Katina Wilson of that union. Katina, is this the union's fault? Absolutely not. We, you have to put, um, you have to put it where it lies. This is Metro. This is Metro's, um, this is Metro's inability to hire enough people to do this job. Our job is a hard job. And Metro has had a number of classes that have come through and just the level of expectations that they put on the drivers and the lack of support that they give the drivers make it a very frustrating situation for our operators. Now, Katina, you now work for the union, but I understand you have been a bus driver. You've done that job. I've sat in that seat. I know what it takes to get the job done. And these guys, they go above and beyond. We're working 10-hour days, 10-hour, we're driving 10 hours, held on duty, some of us, for 15 hours a day. This is what it's taking to keep transit running, and our members are doing it every day. And what happened on Monday, this was not anything, this is just people saying that, okay, we've talked to you about it. We've asked you to give us the respect we deserve. We've asked you to give us the necessary tools we need to do the job. We've asked you to keep not only us, but the public safe. We've gone out there, we've talked to some of our legislations, our legislators, our politicians, and we're telling our members, hold on, we're working, we're working. But they're out there on the front lines. And it's easy to say, hold on, we're working, when you're not dealing with the assaults. Metro's turning their backs on you. It was a point where they were just denying our work comp claims. Now they're terminating people after they're assaulted. So our drivers are up against a lot. We're getting our Colorado drivers. That's even a whole nother spectrum. We have operators, because of Metro's management strategies, urinating in the seats on themselves. 
So a lot of our stories you don't hear because we're out here working to make sure that we keep transit moving. But at the end of the day, these are humans sitting in these seats. We're mothers, we're sisters, we're hardworking taxpaying citizens. And all we're saying is give us the respect and the courtesy that you would desire. And and what's the current status of the negotiations? Are you overdue on a contract at this point? Well, what we did was we, we, our contract expired over a year ago. We offered up an extension to Metro. Metro accepted the extension. Um, With all the changes that they had in their upper management, um, we attempted, when the extension ended, to offer up another extension to Metro. Metro clearly said we're not interested in any extensions with any monetary value to them. At that point, we agreed, we continued in our negotiations, and in that extension, it also read that we would meet twice a month with Metro. And as you, as you know, the statement that Metro released states, hey, we've met 16 times, but that extension was over 18 months ago. Okay. 16 times, two months a month, not so much. And we won't put that all on Metro because we all are busy in this industry, so things kind of happen, but... For the most part, negotiations is where it is. They've sent back a counter offer, and we're continuing to work. We received a lengthy statement from Metro Transit Executive Director Jessica Meffer-Miller just a few minutes ago. We won't be able to read all of it on air, but it does talk about some of that same timeline that you just said Mm -hmm. um, about these extensions. And it reads in part, we have made significant progress towards a new agreement over the last several months. While we still have some important issues to resolve, we are nearing the end of this process and looking forward to the ratification of the new contract. The statement goes on to reiterate that on Monday, 250 Metro bus operators called off work, leaving our most loyal Metrobus customers facing long delays and irregular service on a very hot August day with extreme heat advisories in place. Metro adds that the agency continues to honor the terms of the contract that expired on June 30th of 2019. Um, We actually have some audio of an interview that St. Louis Public Radio intern Nicholas Tellup did with a Metrolink rider on Monday. Let's give that a listen. I had to go to court. I was a little late. I made it barely, but I made it. Now I'm trying to get home. My transfer runs out now. I'm probably going to have to pay again. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think needs to be done to fix this? They need to pay them. They need to pay them. I mean, everybody deserves, you know, a raise, man. Times are hard and, you know, the economy is getting worse. So people can't live off what they used to live off of. So. That was a Metrolink rider talking to St. Louis Public Radio on Monday. Obviously, Katina, he's in your the favor of the drivers at this point, but are you worried that goodwill will sour if we have more days like Monday? Absolutely. And the last thing any of us want to do is leave our riders out there. We're firsthand. We're we're frontline contact. Those are those become our friends. Those become our advocates on that bus. So we never want the public to believe that this is towards them or anything of that sort. And I can only speak for the operators because as the union, we're continuing to say, come on, guys, let's do this, let's do this. But at some point, it's clear that that runs out. And you have to remember, the these are operators who made sure the system ran for six years at the same rate of pay. Metro held them out for six years. They're, it's hard to get them to kind of, you know, just go with the flow at Mm -hmm. this point. 
as much as we encourage, it's hard to get people them to are under- really frustrated. They're extremely frustrated, and they're again. I will say, Metro has has little to no consideration for their employees, and we always kind of stand back and try to let Metro take the forefront because we understand we're in a contract with them, and they're the employer, and our our members understand that. However, when you continue to put it on, okay, it's the union or it's the membership. It's not. You have to go to the root of the problem. It's the management strategies. You don't continue to have these same problems occurring over and over again. We actually got a very good question from a listener. Grace of St. Louis County called in saying that she wants to know from the union what they don't like about Metro's offer. Can you give us just a couple specifics? First, I want to say, and I just want to clear this up. This is not, this is not about Metro's offer. Okay. Our members aren't solely about the monetary in it. We do. We, we come to work every day to feed our families. So we're not going to get sit here and act like we don't care about what our wage looks like. But our greatest fight is the treatment that our operators are getting, the despair, despair treatment that they're getting. And we see it. And in, in terms obvious. of discipline or what they're as, getting from passengers? As, as far as discipline, as far as the support from management, when we do have disgruntled passengers, we even have our passengers call in to support us in situations with passenger assaults and things of this nature. If you defend yourself on a metro bus, as a metro operator, the standard is you're terminated. That's it. We have operators who have 10, 15 years on the job. If we have someone, and not to make this small, if we have someone that goes on the train, which we've had people who've committed suicides on the trains. We have operators who've committed their lives to this job. Six years, same wage. I'm coming in here every day. And that one incident, you have a perfect record. Your job is gone. These are the things, a restroom break in your schedule. Or how about this, a lunch? Our operators, not one of them, get a lunch break. Then all of this falls back into health issues. Now we're required to do DOT. I'm sorry, what's DOT? It's the Department of Transportation. It's a physical that every operator must have, blood pressure, sleep study, uh, your blood sugar levels. When you're operating every on most days, 10 hours a day, held on duty 15 hours, and you have not thought to include a lunch in that for the people who's carrying out the primary function of this company, those are issues. And those are issues that we've lived with for a long time. And now we're saying, hold up, because we go in here to take the physical so that we're fit to do the job and we're failing it. Why are we failing it? Because I've been out here on this bus for eight hours, haven't had time to to take care of yourself. Take care of those mandatory, those human needs, and all we're saying is, look at it, revisit it. Transit is changing. You put a whole, reimagine is coming about, but no one thought when you're building the transfer centers, when you're building all of these new facilities, to say, hey, the people who carry out the primary function of this agency, how about putting a restroom in there? Or how about a microwave so that we can make sure that they stay healthy enough to continue with the task? Kay Petron, you've been covering this issue a lot for St. Louis Public Radio and the Metro Reimagined Plan. We'll get to that in a minute. But has there been much conversation about what the drivers are facing 
or is that not even really part of the discussion? With Metro Reimagined specifically, that is not, the Metro Reimagined plan is very much facing the public. They're asking for public input. They revised a lot of the routes um, based on public feedback. They uh, there There is some stuff that sort of would peripherally affect drivers in the sense that they're changing some of the, the messaging, some of the vehicles, the route changes. Those are going to affect drivers. But the way the plan is presented is very much for the riders. Do you think behind the scenes that there's a lot of attention being paid to these issues? I see that's Katina. A question, that, that's yeah. a question for Katina because I, yeah. I honestly have no clue. I haven't heard it yeah. mentioned once in any of the you know meetings that I've been to uh, with Metro. So. And I would love to hear anybody say that they ever hear anything about the drivers, the train operators, our mechanics, our clerical workers. We are, it's almost like, and our, our members are starting to feel the exact same way, and our passengers notice it, we are the last concern of Metro. And if we're not, that's how we feel. And it's clear, if you look even at the website that they put out, Look at what the passengers are saying. They see how we'll get in an accident. The first thing they'll come out and do is critique the driver. Hey, what'd you do? How could you change it? We don't face accidents like everybody else. Liability or preventability. I mean, or, or you know, you, fault or no fault. Our drivers are being charged with accidents that the police may find um, the other person at, at fault for the accident. But Metro charges our drivers on preventability, non-preventability, something as simple as what could you have done to prevent this from happening? Had you not missed the stop sign or had you not done this five blocks back, this accident wouldn't have occurred. Yet you have no liability. A car has come through a red light, T-boned the bus. But because you, they don't think that you, or say you didn't finish, have a complete stop two streets back, oh, had you totally made that stop and made it to this point, you wouldn't have been there. So you could have prevented this accident. Unrealistic expectations. And our drivers are losing their quality of lives because of this. We got another voicemail. Um, this is from a man named Norman Lewis. He's a frequent transit user. He says his Monday went off without a hitch, but he does have some concerns. Let's give that a listen. I sympathize with the drivers um, not having the contract signed, uh, wanting more money. But it's a double-edged sword. Um, if they get more money, which I guess they should because things are getting more expensive, that means the prices go up. And some people can't afford the cost of public transportation. That was our listener named Norman Lewis. Um, Kay, all of these things that, uh, that Katina's talking about, it's not all about the money, and yet everything does cost money. Giving people lunch breaks, there is a cost that comes to that. Do you think there's the political will among the entities that fund Metro to give them more tax dollars? That's a good question. Honestly, the, the entire concept of Metro Reimagined is that they are trying to offer more frequent service with basically no change in budget. And That's got to be tough. Yeah, they, there's a lot of sacrifices that they're making on the rider front, and I'm sure that that is even more complicated when it comes to their employees. And I'm so sorry to say that we are actually out of time here. We have so much more I wish we could discuss today. But Kay Petron, thank you so much for being here from St. Louis Public Radio. And Katina Wilson of Local 788, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.